You are listening to Moon Cops, a real play RPG set in the Sayer universe. For more information, visit IamSayer.com. question over the break fred asked wisely um if when we're rolling any of the skills that are either our outstanding or highly skilled or better than average skills if we get that bonus plus the bonus from whatever realm that is so the domain so like let's say for instance that your outstanding skill is um computer use okay so computer use would be a uh, mental force thing so you would be able to add your mental force score which you know whatever that whatever that plus is you would add that on top of the plus eight that you get for computer use being an outstanding skill so if you have something chosen as a specialized skill you're getting some some significant bonuses over just what you would get just as a regular role so just to clarify I have to say, I feel but, much um, better about my skill selections. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I almost, like, uh, tried to talk you into, like, diversifying a little bit because I feel like some of your skills might have some overlap. Like, you could... I'm like, I'm trying to think of some situations where you could use one and not the other, and they kind of melt... Then I'm like, no. No, those situations might actually come up. So let's just let him do what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to be good with it. I want yeah. to know how many other yeah. people chose endurance. I chose endurance. Nope. I, um, I, I too chose endurance. I as well. <laughs> That's funny. I wouldn't think that my character would have that, so I, it wasn't even a, an inkling. My yeah. character is very much based off my father, so it would definitely have that. Um. Okay, so you guys are presumably splitting up to your... Uh, respective workshops now, correct? To just kind of yeah, I'll, plan out. I'll just do a final diplomacy role, I suppose. Saying, please let me know any permanent information as you see it. I really think we can be successful here. And I promise as your head researcher to help your career if we um, have a good outcome here. I'll, I'll roll that if you don't mind. That's going to be 17 diplomacy. Okay, so you've added... I've added highly skilled plus six. I've added mental plus five. Um. Okay, that's not a mental force. Oh, I'm sorry. Though. Social. You know, you're you're totally right. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So that's going to um, be a social. That's social. going to be a social finesse. Social finesse. Yeah, you're right. So minus one from what I said, or minus two from what I said. So yeah. fifteen total. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So fifteen. <clears throat> so you guys can choose to be completely motivated by his words, or um, if you want to roll. You can roll a social force, or you can buff that with, um, you know, if you have like an empathy or a um, insight type check. If you have a <clears throat> specialized skill in any we're of that, we're rolling to not people. be motivated. Um, <laughs> you're rolling you're, to be cynical <laughs> of his motivation, maybe. That yeah. can be. 
Yeah. <laughs> I got a 15. <laughs> do I add it to my, or should I say, do I roll and then add it to my my empathy, or is this like my defense plus my empathy? So, okay, so what did you roll? I just ro- I rolled a, I rolled a d20, and I got an 11. Okay. So then you would have... Or is it... Okay, so was it minus three for my force? So you have your empathy. So, yeah. So the the empathy is going to be a social social finesse skill. You could use that um, in this case. So So that's going to be a a 16 then. Plus four, yeah. Yeah, plus one, plus four, so 16. So you can tell that he's kind of more nervous than you are about how this is going to go down. (laughs) I have a quick question about our communicators. Are they the kind that are mm-hmm. open all the time, or are they like comm units in Star Trek where we have to like hit them to, to activate them? Well, you guys have not tried to use them yet, and you guys can't hear each other yet, so you would think that they're not on all the time. You guys can try to test them out a little bit. Um, or you can give me some sort of mechanical role. I was going to say, would, would, we, would, would this be something I would know as being on a maintenance team, knowing how to use the communicator or at least uh, get individuals on the same frequency yeah you know what you would this is something that you would probably know from from your work in maintenance um these are uh the communicators themselves are just kind of um they're very small versions of what you would stereotypically i think in our world think of as like a police radio um they are push to talk um so um they're they're one way push to talk just they're very small built into kind of the lapel of these things And will we be all on the same channel, or do we need to address the channel as well to get to different people? <clears throat> um, you could set them to, d- to different channels. I, I, you would think that you probably wouldn't want to all be on the same channel since this is um, a competition. Mm-hmm. Um, you could uh, you could very easily kind of arrange it in a way that your two of you are on one ch- are on a channel shared, the other two are on a different channel shared, and. Um, that Kenneth would be able to access both channels. Sure, why not? (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, well, I mean, if there's nothing else you guys are going to do pre-setup, then I guess head off to your workstations and start your planning. All right. We do that. (laughs) Um, So... Uh, let's start with, let's start with group B. So group B, you head off to your workstation. Um, the, the works, the workstation is, uh, once you get into this doorway off to the side, it is a, it is a very, very long room. It's thin, but very, very long. Um, and there's all types of machinery in here. Um, this is, uh, to Ray, this is like uh, a dream come true. Just like, you know everything you could possibly imagine to, to screw around with and to um, to build kind of whatever you want out of um, bits and bobbles and pieces, right? Um, and there is a large um, drafting area um, that you can use to kind of draw out plans for, uh, for some sort of a device, whatever it is that you guys decide that you're going to try to build. So, Ray, um, I'm not sure if I doze off but what is it that we're doing here we need to build some sort of weapon that can and i put up the air quotes permanently incapacitate someone 
Oh, got it. Okay. Well, I guess I'll take your lead. What are you thinking? Do you have any ideas? Well, I mean, we don't know what we have to scrounge from, so I'm going to start by grabbing tools, like, uh, and I'll look around for like a tool belt, uh, something I can uh, wear. It's got a, a variety of instruments and tools that I can carry around with me. Um, and you said that uh, there was like climbing gear or something as well. Um, yeah, but I don't know. Did and Ken didn't say anything about grabbing that. Yeah. Did you bring that down to the to the group or I would you have? Was in the supply closet um, aware to the team. What's that? Remind me of what was in that closet, if you don't mind. Can What's that now? Okay? Yeah, I can. Uh, there was um, just just some tactical clothing, the gear that you brought down. Um, there was some climbing equipment. Um, that was, I mean, pretty much it. There, I mean, there's a, there's a decent amount of supply stuff in there, but it was, um, you know, just did not did not look like it was uh, equipment more than anything to to maintain or or um, do repairs on kind of the the machinery that's in this room with you, which is this gigantic chair and this, the helmet that's with it. <laughs> so an Allen wrench and some Clorox so wipes. As, and then uh -huh. as far as the stuff. tactical gear that we were given or the tactical suits, is it like, uh, like SWAT team tactical or is it, you know, just like got a lot of pockets on it, stuff like that. Just a lot of pockets. Okay. Yeah. So I will, you effectively I'll, have I'll, a bunch I'll, of pockets. I'll throw on the tactical gear then. That okay. apparently fits me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they knew you were coming. Yeah. Uh, and once I grab some tools, uh, can I, uh, should I roll to see if there's anything else in here that I might think is useful? Um, yeah, just high or low? Uh, high. Um, yeah, there, you, you as you kind of are looking around, you can find a, um, just like a portable little, um, plasma cutter. Yes. Um, it looks like it would be able to cut it, cut your way into um, through small pieces of metal and stuff like that. So if awesome. there's um, small fences or, or things or, or that are chained off, you, you probably won't have much of an issue getting through them. With is that. there uh, any way I can carry that with me, or like a, like a strap, or is it just the yeah? Okay. It's it's very small. It's I mean it's it it's like pocket screwdriver size. Um, so you can throw it into one of the myriad pockets that you are now equipped with. Sweet. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, it has a as safety. I'm, as I'm essentially filling all the pockets with, uh, with random tools, screwdrivers, and whatnot, I'll, uh, I'll look back at Alex and Alec and say, uh, "You might want to grab some stuff too. I'm going to need some help." Um, I just start start grabbing random stuff and start putting it in pockets. I have no idea what I'm supposed to be looking for, but I don't want to look useless either. So I'm like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I got, yeah, absolutely, Ray." And just start putting stuff in my pockets. No idea what's in them. Um, but quick question, as far as we're creating a defense system or defense mechanism to protect our towers, so do I... I'll, is, is, I'll, is, are you saying that? No. Are you saying that? <laughs> no, okay, so what, what you guys have been tasked with doing is building the most lethal weapon that you can build out of the materials that are in these leftover experiments. Um with the intent of having something new for the security teams to wield when they need to, as uh, Ray said, permanently incapacitate someone. Um, so you're trying to build a murder thing. Who knows with bio, though, you know, it might just break them. Benson. 
permacoma. Mm-hmm. The list goes on. <laughs> You've got um, options. Once once I grab all the all the stuff that I, I think is going to be useful, I'll uh, I'll head out into the first area where there's uh, some experiments. All right. So you guys have not you, you're going you're going planless. Well, I don't even know what we have available to us as far as what what the experiments were uh, previously before they were. So you're just going to go kind of scouting. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So with that, we'll flip over to a team. So um, <laughs> Thea and Andrew, what do you guys do when you hit your workshop? Do we have our like personal tools? Like chefs um, so carries around you... those little bags. Like wouldn't repair people carry those around too? Yeah, you don't have any of your personal effects. I mean, you can find better tools than the ones that you've been provided um, looking around in here. But you're not going to find your trusty number six spanner or anything like that. All right, so what do we see? Um, So, Workshop A is is exactly like Workshop B was described. Um, It's a long corridor-like room. um, Tools of... And machinery of, of all types that um, could be used to, to build any sort of um, wonderful or nefarious goods. Um, yeah, there are uh, tool belts there. There are um, any type of handheld tools that, that you could probably imagine you could find if you spend enough time digging around through this place. And Anthea, is it? Yes, uh, Andrew. So, what what type of engineering did you do? Uh, I did uh, spacecraft engineering. Small spacecraft, not like giant. You know, not something like you know, Typhon, but like shuttlecrafts. How about you? Uh, I'm a mechanical engineer. Um, specifically precision instruments. Precision. Alright, so I'll uh, put on a tool belt and I'll gather some tools as well. Okay. Um, Anything you're looking for in particular? uh, Yeah, one of those little uh, plasma covers would be great. (laughs) Alright, higher low. Um, it's season two of, uh, Cthulhu and Friends, so always high. Ooh. Yeah, there's two of them. (laughs) All right, I'll give one to to Andrew. Um, yeah, I don't have much experience, though, with, um, attempting to kill people. I just have experience in experiments going wrong. Sometimes. So you you do or don't have experience with killing people? <laughs> well, I mean, I was also a, a test pilot, and so sometimes even the best um, even the best mechanics go wrong when they're in when they're in uh, testing. Andrew nods. 
Well, what kind of what kind of weapon do you think would be helpful for our security forces? I I don't know much about biology, but I would think that any sort of force applied to one's body in significant vectors is going to incapacitate them, particularly in the cranio-ocular area. Yeah. But of course, they already have things like that. So maybe we should just look around. I don't feel good about going out without having some idea of what we're looking for, though. Because there's going to be a lot of, of stuff. There's going to be a not a lot of noise. And if we're looking for patterns in the chaos, we need to know what we're looking for. Well, we're supposed to invent a handheld implement, correct? I don't think that was what was said, but I think that makes the most sense. However, if we could make something that's like perhaps a um, floating orb of electrical death, I wouldn't be against that. The requirements that you guys remember being set forth is just that it had to be portable. Okay. I I could easily design a autonomous weapons platform. I mean, I don't know what weapon we'd put on it, but the platform itself, I could easily do that. All right. So let's at least go in with, start looking for things with that plan. And maybe we'll be able to, from what we see, find, um, I, I think you're right about going, n not going with some sort of blunt or sharp instrument, but with going with something, something else. Who knows what we're going to find in the quantum mechanics section anyway. God only knows what those quantum mechanics folk do. I thought they killed cats. <laughs> they do and they don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So All can right. I roll? Um, what would you think would be better, drafting and design or mechanical engineering to draft a plan for a weapons platform? Um, so if you were trying to design, I mean, describe. so, I mean, are we talking like, um, some sort of turret system or yeah like i mean kind of from the offset i'm thinking something like a tracked like maybe like an eod robot type thing i mean it's what mm -hmm. instantly comes to my mind you could do a mechanical engineering um and um i would i would take that definitely okay and that's under mental force as well yes oh joy so you're gonna have a pretty high score you're going to have a pretty high score for this. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Rolling to plus 13. 27 plus 8. So 35? Wow. Well, how'd you roll 27? Uh, 17 plus 10 mental plus 8. Uh, you don't get the plus 10 for mental. Oh, you oh my, five. my. So my the little is... plus 5 is the. So your mental force is 10, but that gives oh, you a, a bonus gotcha. of plus 5. I mean, it's still it's still high. <laughs> yeah, that's thirty. That's super high. So you still roll a thirty. All right. Um, you not only um, build kind of a, a robot platform that you think would be uh, would be ideal in maneuverability, but 
Um, it's based on some designs of some of the, the machinery that you've actually seen around um, around Typhon in general. Um, it partially um, kind of the mechanics of the isolation pods and how they maneuver um, through kind of minute thrust and stuff of that nature. Um, so you've got a fairly decent feeling that when you get into the vehicular experimentation area, um, you're likely going to find pieces that are already kind of set up um, to do some of the things that you're looking for this thing to do. Awesome. So it won't it won't be all building from scratch for you. Awesome. At least that's the hope. And I'll know some of what to look for too, since I repair isolation pods. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. So let's start. Let's start there with the. Let's start in the vehicle section. Since we know what we're looking for. There. Okay. So you guys are heading out into, into the to the open area as well. Then. Yes. Yes. All right. Then we will cut away to. Uh, we'll cut away to Kenneth. So what is Kenneth doing as both of his teams head off, one a little quicker than the other, into um, into their areas? Kenneth is unmuting his microphone. Uh, once he's finally successful at that, <clears throat> I want to try um, perhaps handling this robot again to assess its value, this time adding a mental force roll to it, if possible. Okay. Natural 20. Okay. So you're... Um, so you're back into the chair. You bring the helmet down on your head again. Um, the view is is startlingly different. Um, it is it doesn't even seem like the same facility as the last time that you did this. Um, and really? you are able to um, to move the head around um, a little bit. You 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 kind of get a feel for um, some of the sensors on this robot. Um, you can feel as kind of it's walking. You can feel its able its ability to detect the ground below its feet. Um, you're seeing um, you're seeing kind of in a, in a strange way. It almost feels like it's a monitor now that you kind of realize that um, there's not really any depth to what you're what you're seeing, but you get a feel for the depth. Um, so it feels like you're not you're not really looking in binocular vision, but you do have a way to to sense distance. Um, and you are able to to exert some some um, directives with your mind on on the direction that this thing's moving around. Okay. Um, given my studying the map a little bit, do I have any sense of where I am if it's on the map, or if I do I believe that it is a location that's mapped? As you kind of give it, give a little bit of a look around, um, you can see um, what appears to be the 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 main um, fence area, um, and it is to your right. Um, so. Um, as you kind of turn around a little bit more, you kind of get the impression that um, if you were to um, to take a stab at it, you would say you're probably um, in general one. Um, so you're to the side of the A team um, and um, close to the fence line, probably a good um, maybe 100 to 150 yards away from, from where they'd be exiting out. General one, A team, next to the fence, got it. And that's the vehicle quantum team? Yes. Excellent. <clears throat> um, I, the, I guess the quick thing, the most immediate thing that I'm thinking of while looking at it, knowing the world I'm in, is a, a look, uh, a quick scan for any threats to my human assets. Or do I see anything up now? Um, yeah, you, you see as you're looking around, 
um, so faintly in the distance, uh, a lot of um, small glowing lights um, all throughout this place um, at all different heights. Um, and they are just faint glowing blue lights um, that seem to be moving through um, this area and moving through, um, ambulating throughout all of these projects in some way, shape, or form. Um, as you kind of turn your attention back towards the doorway um, that you expect work uh, workshop A exits from, um, you do see it open and, and you see um, and Thea and Andrew kind of walk out into the to the area. General one. Okay, excellent. <clears throat> so I would um, first to group A and then group B communicate to my teams that I have um, cursory uh, control over some sort of construct within the construction lens to make them aware of that as a possible asset and to please encourage them to communicate to me if there's a way that that can be utilized in their mission. Um, and then would, would, if it's appropriate, like to do a logistics role on the map to see if I see anything that seems well suited to either their missions or skill sets okay. to direct them to. I rolled an 8. Let me find my pluses. <clears throat> so it's an 8 plus 8 plus 5. Uh, 21. 21. Yeah. So yeah, you can see that the where, where you are, um, you are very close to, to where the vehicular experimentation area opens up. You can see that the, that the area there is, the door for it is wide open. There are some lights moving around inside that area, but from from your vantage point it doesn't look like there's there's any outward threats you can see inside that area surprisingly well um, it's not very well lit but your vision still manages to penetrate into that area and you're able to see in there all, all forms and uh, types of, of, of vehicles smaller framed ATVs and trucks not dissimilar to the one that you rode in here on and things of that nature you can also see the entryway to what you assume is uh, the quantum experimentation, but it uh, apparently from this perspective, it looks as if it's sealed. And so there will be some level of interaction required there before you're able to do anything. And um, that's largely it. Just from what you're, where you're standing, looking around general, general experiments, um, you don't get a good feeling for what they're what they're looking for yet. They really haven't communicated to you any of their desires or, or needs or, or what they're looking for, but you do see that they can access vehicular experimentation fairly easily. Excellent. I'll communicate that to the group, uh, uh, to group A specifically. <clears throat> and um, do I have a sense of this map, any gauge of distance between the group, uh, group A and B, group B? If I were to move in this robot to where group B is to assess them, do I know how long that would take approximately? Um, you are, um, you would look around and be able to realize that it would be impossible for you to get to group B from where you are. Um, you would have to pass through a <clears throat> massive reinforced wall slash fence, um, of steel and concrete. Um, okay. so you cannot get to group B from where you are. Got it. If I had let group B know that I am in control of a construct, I'll let them know that construct is not available in their lab at this present moment. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't need to steal too much time, but I think that's what Kenneth is up to. Okay. Is he just standing there, or is he moving towards um, Workshop A, or is he just kind of remaining where he is? 
I guess he'll communicate to, to Group A to be cautious of those lights until we assess specifically what they are. Um, I don't want to lose my human assets. Um, and um, perhaps he'll move the robot in that direction himself. Um, yeah. and then he also wants to spend a lot more time analyzing the map until he's confident that he's seen everything on the map. Okay. So, Group A, you emerge into what appears to be a, a wide open, although extremely cluttered, um, junkyard, basically. Um, experiments stacked up in all directions. Um, it is far less, I, I guess, far less structure than anything that you've really seen Aerolith do before. Um, you you quickly see where kind of like the hangar area for some of the what you would expect the vehicle experimentation stuff is um it is off to your left just like you had kind of been explained um you also see um some of these blue lights that kenneth was telling you about and um one of them is actually kind of on its way in your in your kind of general direction it looks like it's heading straight for you uh, it looks like it's about 150 yards out from you do these remind us of anything we've seen before as you're kind of looking at it, um, the lighting in here is not outstanding. So as you see it approaching, it just does kind of look like a floating blue orb more than anything. Um, it's kind of got an iridescent shine, shimmer to the to the blue. Um, but really all you're seeing is this, this kind of like shapeless, formless blue orb kind of coming towards you. Um, as it gets closer, um, you recognize that it is um, uh, robotic in, in some sense. Um, it looks almost like um, an ape, almost like a, a, a baboon, really. And it has uh, a steel frame, and um, the glow that you saw is actually a what appears to be almost like a, a glass reservoir in what would be the, the head region um, that's filled with some sort of glowing liquid. It has one large central lens in the middle of its forehead, and it's... Um, like I said, it's just kind of built like a like a robotic ape, if you can imagine. Um, it has like an open abdominal casing uh, with a central wiring harness in it that's hooked up to like an articulated spine, connects the the kind of the torso to the rear, and it is ambulating in your direction. Threateningly, or more like, I was made to give you light. I sense things that need light. You can not really glean any intent from the the robot that is walking in your direction. Can I maybe roll a mechanical repair to, if it has an open, you know, if it has open wires and whatnot to see if it's, if it's built with any weaponry? I don't know if repair is going to work for what, for trying to figure out if it's weapon, if it's weaponized or anything like that. Well, I assume spaceship engineering won't because it's a monkey. That actually would probably be better because you could at least laterally think that you're um, somewhat familiar with weapon systems. Okay. Is that a mental finesse roll? That is a mental force roll. Mental force. Okay. Six plus one plus eight. So 15. Okay. I mean, there's no shoulder-mounted turrets or, um, or anything that looks outwardly threatening about it. Just by the fact that it is a, lo uh, a large mechanical um, and apparently very powerful uh, robot, you would feel that you know, it could harm humans fairly easily if it were under the impulse to do so. Um, but 
Again, that doesn't look like there's anything built into this thing specifically for the goal of hurting you. Okay, I'll relay that to Andrew, but I'm still a bit not happy that... When you say large, Mm -hmm. is it like human-sized large? Large or like actual gorilla-sized large? Or like... No, I mean, it's it would be large for the, the animal, it, I guess, it resembles. So it would be large for a baboon. It would be about the size of, I guess, a, a, on the smaller size of humans. But, I mean, it is it is ambulating in, in, that, in the, the all fours kind of way, you know, um, which seems to, to be great for its stability. And so from a professional standpoint, you can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But, it, it, I mean, it's roughly the size of if you were to crouch down on all fours and try to crawl around this place... Um, you'd be a little bit bigger than it. Well, that hasn't been my job since college, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Andrew, what do you think about this uh, fairly large uh, mechanical baboon? I don't know. I'm going to study it. Can I use a machine operations to see if there's any like input devices or things that I could control it with? Yeah, absolutely. 17 again. Uh, is that a mental finesse or force? Um, that's a force. 26. Um, okay, so it doesn't look like there's any any way to interface with it, but as you kind of, like, look at it and kind of give it the once-over, and you're just kind of, like, looking really quizzically at it, Ken, you can, I mean, you're very close to your group right now, and you can see them staring at your general direction with a very quizzical look on their face. Ah, it's me they're seeing. Okay. If I can see it, they're looking at me very quizzically. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to them and say... Hi, you're, you're, you're looking at, it appears that you're looking at the construct that I'm in. And um, please help me know how this can best help you in your mission. I wave at them with the thing, if I can. Yeah, I mean, you can stand, um, you can stand straight up, in fact, upright. And it kind of is a little bit unnerving when he does. And he waves with, um, I don't know, do you wave with your left or your right? Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Then um, he's, he waves with um, just, it almost looks like a, a clamp that has a little bit of padding on it um, that can be used for, for <laughs> pressing and maneuvering things. Uh, if you look at his left hand, um, it looks kind of a little bit different than the right hand, and it looks like it's um, built in a way that there's a, kind of an exposed port uh, in the center of it, so it's not necessarily built quite for, for ambulation or in maneuvering and more for interface. Um, so it looks like this thing is able to interface with, with some other sorts of machinery around the environment. In some way. Okay. And we see other blue lights, right? That aren't moving? Yes. Yeah. Um, there's, from your position, you'd be able to see five five okay. other lights that look very, same coloring as this. And again, at all different heights and um, distances. Okay. Are they moving? They are moving. They are moving. Okay. All right. Um, I think that, Experiments got to this place for a reason, and it's not usually because of their success. Um, so perhaps I, in this suit, should approach one of those blue lights and see gauge its its behavior. Okay. Rather than risk a human asset. You can just call us humans or employees. You don't have to refer to us as human <laughs> assets. <laughs> <laughs> the closest one to you um, would be actually right near the entrance to the vehicular experimentation so if you go over that direction i mean you're sure. talking about 200 yards um and you're starting to kind of get the hang of how this thing maneuvers um it does kind of drive like a tank but um once you're 
once you're kind of getting a little bit more familiar with it, you're getting into a, a decent gate that you feel like you're moving at a, a pretty decent clip. So you, you close the distance pretty quickly. Um, it doesn't appear to be at all interested in you. It's uh, it appears to just kind of be filing and sorting away pieces of, of a different experiment. All right, well, we'll head into the vehicular experiments. Yes. Okay. All right. I'll be between them and this monkey robot. Sounds good. Team B. You exit into a um, large junkyard-looking area, um, very cluttered um, with all different types of, of weird machinery and experimentations. Looking around, you see um, probably a half dozen um, glowing blue lights all throughout the area. All right. Uh, I'm going to look for some sort of terminal, like a, uh, a, uh, any sort of computer that might be linked to a network. Okay. Um, there is nothing in your immediate vicinity. Um, you're guessing that probably if you're going to find anything like that, it would probably be housed in, in one of the, um, the, like the hangers that they have off of this place. So either in the demolitions experimentation hangar or the biological hangar. All right. Well, in that case, I'll, I'll just uh, start heading into the room. Okay. Um, so as you head into kind of the, the general area, like I said, um, you, you see some, you know, very strange experiments. Um, most of the things that you that you see kind of in your in your direct area you can't make heads or tails of um they look like different sorts of of um massive electrical equipment um but it doesn't make uh, too much sense just on, on a cursory glance as to what they may have been used for um or what value they may have or if there's any components therein that could be valuable uh just looking around those items do I see any sort of documentation, like uh, any books, hand handbooks, or anything that would talk about the operations of such machinery? Or no, um, these are these are all built with the um, with I guess the idea that the person that would be using it would either have um, the data pad with the like the appropriate instructions in there, or would be familiar already with its operation. Um, uh, just just from a um, just from a referential standpoint, paper is, despite your character sheets, fairly rare um, on Typhon. So they do have some, but they usually use um, digital paper. So All right. they don't leave, leave a lot laying around. I'll uh, I'll look back at uh, Alec and I'll ask him. So uh, you're you're in security, right? Well, I'm I'm training. I'm not officially in security. So, I mean, you know what kind of tools they use on the job, right? Yeah, you could say that. I'm pretty familiar with that. Oh, let me know if you see anything that looks like you guys would use it. I certainly don't want to start from scratch and build nothing. Certainly, if there's something here that's already been started to be developed, uh, we can try and build off of that. I, I nod my head at Ray, and uh, do I see anything that would be considered, like, maybe weaponry or 
you know, something that would be similar to the tactics that the security team already uses? Um, the stuff that you're that's kind of directly around you as you exit in, I mean, you're seeing gigantic tanks. You're seeing uh, um, things that, that look like um, valves that, it, that would, would attach to those and pressurize those tanks. Um, and there's... These, these um, are just like bits and pieces. This isn't uh, the experiments themselves. Well, the, the, the tanks themselves um, are fairly large. Um, like imagine, imagine a large water heater, like that size tanks. Um, and then the, um, the, like, there'll be a stack of valves literally um, higher than you just kind of piled up that it looks like have been kind of disassembled off of uh, disparate different experiments and just kind of piled all together. It looks like um, it, it looks like the things that are here have not necessarily been shipped entirely here. Um, pieces have been taken off and put here or things have been disassembled once they've got here. Um, so it's not like it's not like as you walk in there, it feels like a science fair, right? Where you're walking from exhibit to exhibit and learning um, They're all how... components. Right. It, yeah, it's not like you're going to see something set up where you get a mix uh, baking soda and vinegar. It's more the baking soda's there, the vinegar's here. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll, uh, I'll take note of that, and then I'll start heading towards... Uh or look, looking around for what may be the explosives uh, testing area. Experimentation. Okay. Um, it is, um, as you get kind of past the, the row of tanks and look over to the right, um, you can see uh, what looks like a large hangar. And, and um, you can see the doors are open. Um, there is a warning flammable explosives uh, label on the door, which is quite convenient, I think. There's also... Um, more of these glowing blue lights kind of moving around inside that area. Uh, would I recognize something like that? No. You you know that you know that Ken has managed to to, to gain control over some sort of a construct mm-hmm. um, but you don't have any idea as to what they look like or, or anything of that nature yet. So right now you've just kind of seen these blow glow, like glowing blue floating orbs around the area. All right, I'll, uh, I'll look back at Alec and say, uh, "Hey, uh, what do you think of those things?" Well, I mean, we could go check it out, but uh, you know, why don't we go check out the biological uh, testing area as well? Because I think you know there might be something to that. I think that might be our best shot. Uh, it's not exactly my specialty. I mean, we can look around, though. Well, we'll start with, with what you're looking for. Let's go check out uh, the demolition area. All right. I'll, uh, I'll start walking All right. that way. Okay. So you guys can make it there without any issue. Um, as you approach the doorway, from inside, kind of passing uh, into the opening of the doorway, you see uh, one of these robot things. Um, it looks like... Uh, a fairly large baboon, basically, um, described in exactly the same way described to the other team. And in one of its hands, it has a, a, a just a large valve that it looks like it's taking over to the pile of valves that you guys have kind of come past. Uh, and it doesn't really seem to, to make much notice of you. It moves past you without really any interaction at all. Um, you will notice that 
Um, the one hand that is gripping the valve, the valve seems to be like kind of split into into three prongs um, that are somewhat padded just to be able to to grasp things. It seems like um, the other one uh, looks like it's got some sort of um, cutting tool on it. Um, so it looks not dissimilar to the to the plasma cutter that you have uh, that you found in in the workshop. I guess the difference being that this one is apparently active right now, so it's. Um, Looks like it's just kind of cooling down from having cut off this valve off of something. Hmm. All right. Uh, once we go to the uh, enter the explosives hangar area, I'd like to again look for like a terminal or a computer or something. Okay. Yeah. As you get in there and, and you kind of go in um, through the entrance, there's kind of a, a, a almost a like a foyer entrance area there where uh, it's just kind of um, a set of doors almost within the set of doors um, and there's a terminal to the left that is about waist high um, but it does not have what appears to be any sort of keyboard or any way of um, directly interacting with it hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to see if I can do a, if I can search for inventory, see what's, what kind of projects are actually in here. Yeah, I mean, you could try to open this thing up and see if you could fiddle with it. Uh, sure. I'll give it a shot. All right, well, I mean, you've got the tools to open the thing up. The question is going to be whether or not once it's open, you can start to get some means of interaction with it. So uh, give me a computer use... And that's going to be a mental force. Okay. Uh, 13. Okay. Um, so you pop the panel off the front of this thing. And um, it's kind of strange. There's, um, It almost looks like there, there's one little um, like port in the front of this thing that you could like insert the the right type of mechanics into and, and get it to interact in some way but you know you don't have anything like that so you pop off the front of this thing and you've got the wiring in the back and you see the wires that are running up to this thing and you quickly surmise that you know you don't have anything on you that's going to be able to interface with the the actual wiring built up in this um you feel fairly certain that were you given enough time um, you could probably build something that could interface and kind of use as a user input um, but there's nothing kind of sitting there um, you might have been able to do it based upon the circuits and, and um, stuff that you would have access to back at the workshop um, but nothing here okay uh, looking around in the warehouse how's everything arranged is it sort of like freely just sitting on uh, floors or um, arranged like sh uh, shelves or Something like that. Yeah, uh, a lot of the smaller it looks like there's smaller items and stuff on shelving over to the to the right hand side once you enter in. Um, but there are some very very large um, uh, experiments. It looks like kind of scattered throughout here that are taking up kind of the bulk of the um, of the area's uh, floor space. Okay. Say so, uh, we. We need to come up with a plan. We need to think about what it is that we're looking for before we start looking for it. I'm thinking something you can carry. So probably not anything too big to kind of dismiss some of the larger items and start focusing on the, the shelves and say, um, I don't know, maybe something like a grenade launcher or a rocket launcher or you know, handheld 
uh, to some sort of handheld device. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, you guys have any sort of um, search skills? I, I guess. Have well, I guess scavenging. Scavenging would be a great one. Um, so if you want to give me a scavenging roll. Okay. What would that uh, fall under? Um, scavenging would be would be mental finesse because that's just kind of an awareness type of thing. Okay. Uh, 20. Okay. Um, so you're looking through all of this stuff and there's, I mean, there's very interesting things here. You don't necessarily know, um, what everything's, uh, use is, but you can kind of get a feel that, um, you know, just the, the, the quality of construction here makes you kind of proud to be a part of Aerolith. Um, but as you're kind of looking through, as you, as you kind of go over towards, uh, the shelves a little bit more, cause you're looking for something smaller, more handheld. Um, what you can find is what appears to be um, some sort of um, grappling gun launcher thing. Um, it is um, roughly the size of um, an assault rifle. Um, and it is just kind of a, a large tube with uh, a grapple kind of stuck into the end. Um, and it appears to have um, some kind of charges set aside with it um, that could like propel this thing out of... Uh, out of the out of the gun now granted it's here so you're not too certain about the make but the frame looks okay it looks like it's sturdy it looks like it's um it's been fired at least a couple of times and not exploded into a hundred pieces um so i'll say uh let's start with this and i'll uh i'll pick it up and hand it to uh alec along with the uh, charges okay and without even thinking of possibly there being some kind of, you know, m- malfunction to the to the gun, I'll just go ahead and uh, shoot off a, a grappling hook round and see uh, how well it works. Okay. So you load the charge in there, or do you just pull the trigger? Um, I mean, would I be well versed in the way of? how this all works. You've never I mean, seen this this type of a weapon before or this type of a device before. So looking at the charge, are you talking about like an explosive charge that is like maybe what looks about the size? Yeah, okay. So it looks what you have is um effectively um something that almost looks like um a, a very large shotgun shell. Um you have like two or three of these. Um but they and there's a there's a reservoir on the side that looks like you could slide it into, and then that okay. is the actual propulsion device to try to fire this thing out. So I was just asking if you pulled the trigger before trying to load it, or if you load tried to load it with one of these charges and then tried to pull the trigger and see what happened. I, I think I would have tried to just pull the trigger and see what happens. All right. So are you if you pull the trigger and just try to see what happens, you just kind of hear a, a click, and if you're holding it at all at a slight decline, the grappling hook starts to slide out of the barrel of the gun when he, as soon as he pulls the <laughs> so, trigger okay. i just drop to the floor and cover my head <laughs> um i and then, then i look at ray quizzically and then i put the grappling hook back into the the gun and then i'll load one of the charges in there okay and then uh, i'll probably is there anything in this room that's like large that i could kind of aim at to try to see if i could hook this grappling line onto it um, I mean, you could fire at a section of the wall. Um, it's not going to grapple onto it. I mean, it would just be trying to see if it would shoot some, you know, a projectile at a wall. 
basically. Um, okay. There are there are experiments that that are kind of um, large and have wires and and framing and all that kind of stuff that you could try to fire this thing at. Okay. And before he, uh, so I see him try to load one of the charges into him. Like, uh, you do remember that this whole area is based around explosives, right? It's a that's a good thing you reminded me. Um, all right, I'm gonna shoot against the wall. How then. about and I, I I kind of gesture towards the junk pile. It's like if you really need to do that, probably want to do it back over there. Where, like outside, outside of this area? I, I yeah, yeah. With with just a shrug, he walks out uh, outside and then kind of like, you know, with his ha- hands outstretched and the, the, the grappling gun sticking out towards the sky uh, in a crouch, he shoots off the uh, the grappling gun. Okay. Um, so it, it fires um, not well. The there, There's like a, a little bit of a, a spool of, of rope underneath the thing that is supposed to, you can tell obviously supposed to kind of extend out as the grapple fires um but it's it's too tight or too the winding is is just not right because as this thing fires forward it almost immediately starts spinning end over end um getting wrapped up in it kind of its own wiring and then it, it falls probably about 20 feet from you so what you glean from this is that you effectively have um a powerful means of propelling a chunk of metal um but you are not scaling any walls with this well, I mean, it kind of works. I mean, can you work with this? Maybe we could, you know, yeah. shoot something can, out of I it. I can work with that. And then just kind of on the spot, I uh, I kind of go and I just kind of reach for the, the device. I, I hand it back. I'll, uh, and, I'll then, kind of... and then I toss, I toss the other two charges at him. <laughs> uh, I catch them expertly. And put them in a, a, a one of the pockets. Uh, what I want to do is I want to I kind of want to tool the device and just try and get the rope, uh, whatever whatever's connecting the rope, the line to the device, and try and just dis- disconnect it, get that out of there. Okay. Um, so are you trying to take the are you trying to take the spool off entirely from the base of it? Because I mean, you could unscrew it and take the spool off, or you could just cut the wire if you. Yeah, I want to get that the spool out because I want to be able to. Something okay. else in its place. Okay. Yeah, that's not an issue. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not even gonna make you roll that. All right. But on the other hand, hey, a grappling hook with the uh, rope. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if you want to untangle it, you do have a grappling hook with some rope. Yeah. I'll. Uh, I. I. I well, after I do that, I, I hand the uh, the weapon back to Alec, and I'll. Uh, I'll just kind of keep, shoulder the. Uh, the, the rope. And, uh, okay. Uh, now I'm at, I'm on the point where I'm looking for the actual projectile. Okay. Um, and um, while you are doing that, we are back over to Team A. So Team A makes it to the vehicular experimentation shed, and um, they're uh, greeted by a. Uh, construct that looks like a baboon and is currently housing um, the brain of their superior. And we can we can hear him right through our communicators. Yes, and actually, um, you can hear him um, through the construct itself too. Um, it's kind of a weird. Oh, fascinating! 
it's kind of a weird um, doubly echoey thing that you've got right now because he's trying to communicate through the um, through the communicator, but he's also kind of um, pushing sound through some sort of um, speech device on this robot. Okay, uh, I'd tell him that. Um, I don't know what we what would we call our commanding officer in this regards. Uh, head researcher. Head researcher. Okay. Uh, head researcher, we can hear you both through our communicators and through whatever this construct is, just so you know. Ah, fascinating. Noted. Okay, um, I'll take my hand off the, the r- police radio mm-hmm. and try to just speak through the construct. Yeah. All right, do we see anything that's like a hover cart or something where we could uh, potentially like take big chunks of things back with us? Um, I see a baboon. I see yeah. a baboon. <laughs> you do see a baboon. Um, hey, head researcher, be our little monkey bitch. Thanks. So yeah, I mean, like not from not from directly. I mean, there's a there's a small ATV in there um, that you can see from from just from outside of the of the place. I mean, there might be something else deeper inside that that could work in that fashion. Um, but from here, you're not seeing you're not seeing anything ideal unless that ATV okay. is functional. But it's kind of blocked in right now. All right, Andrew, what do you think we should do? I think at this point we should probably just split up and grab the pieces that we think will fit with the design that I made back in the room. Um, I, I can rattle off a parts, a parts list for you. Yeah, let's do that. So um, obviously I'm thinking something mechanized, so it's probably going to be like uh, wheels and gears, tracked, like trink. Trank, tank treads, mm-hmm. um, and some other you know form of locomotion. So, I'm I'm thinking we're probably not worried about power at this point, but at least getting the absolute like framework worked out so that we mm-hmm. can put whatever we want on that platform. All right, so you go that way. I'll go this way. Be aware, it doesn't look like I was able to peer into quantum at all, just into vehicle. So I'm not sure how to access that place at this time. All right, head researcher, we will check that out after this. Cool. Can we roll a search? Yeah. Um, you would do um, a mental finesse there. That's an awareness-based type of thing. So if you've got oh, some right. sort of search, I could boost that. No, no, I rolled a three plus three, so that's a six. Ten minus one is nine. I guess since I'm there, I might as well. Uh, 11 minus 3 is 8. Kind of first glance through, it seems like a lot of the stuff that's in here um, is either way too big for what you're looking for or has already kind of been disassembled in a way that um, putting it back together might be uh, a significant amount of work. Um, you're not seeing anything small um, kind of in the in the way that you're thinking um, that you kind of want this frame built. Mm-hmm. Um, you're finding um, sets of treads, but they are to um, truck size vehicles and things of that nature. Um, right. So uh, on initial kind of glance through, you're a little bit um, bummed out about kind of what you're finding. Uh, it seems to be a little bit more, um, I, I want to say a little bit more mundane than you were expecting. Um, mm-hmm. You're finding almost like what you would expect in just a garage um, next to one of the towers, 
um, just general machinery of, of vehicles and, and stuff of that nature. Right. Um, you do, however, um, see that there is kind of a, a, a back area to this place that is not the most well-lit um, section, and neither one of you on your kind of first pass through um, really got back to that area um, mm -hmm. because you're not all that well-equipped for it. Um, so just to kind of really vet out that area back there, you're going to need some sort of light source. Like, say, a glowing baboon? Or did um, we, in the, some of the tools we found, um, have, like, headlamps? You do not have headlamps. You don't have actually any um, sort of illumination at all um, in the stuff that you found. Um, the glowing baboon skull, as um, aesthetically pleasing as it may be, um, doesn't provide... Um, really much light to see from. Um, and so kind of where you're at right now, um, you're almost at an impasse. Um, you right. could go start feeling around back there, but... Is there some sort of vehicle that I could maybe repair some outside lights on? Or is there a s particularly something that is spaceshipy that I could... <laughs> <laughs> that I could get the lights up and going on? Um, all of the vehicles in this place that, that you've seen seem to be just basic terrestrial vehicles. Um, you could try to repair any number of them. Um, they do seem to have um, uh, at least headlamps attached to them. Um, whether or not they're functional is another story. Okay. Um, I like to find one that seems to be that, that um, not one that's, you know, boxed in, but one that we could get free um, that's close to that back area, and I'm and I'd like to roll a mechanical repair to get its lights up and going. All right, I mean, there's a large, um, almost like a, a SWAT van type style uh, vehicle over to the to the <laughs> uh, to the left hand side. Um, you can get into that vehicle and um, try to get it started up and see. I mean, it's he it's pointed in the direction that you would want your light to go. All right, and that's a. a Mental finesse or mental force? Force. I can't remember. All right. Okay, better. Uh, 13 plus 1 plus 6. I don't know. I heard it start up. What do you want you to do? Oh, is that me again? I need to mute when I'm not talking. Yeah. Constantly by a road. My bad. All right. So the thing, the thing flips on, um, and it was actually easier than you, you thought. I mean, it was just... Literally, red wire to green wire, and it's it's there. Um, and so you have a uh, started vehicle. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to flip on the lights then? Okay. And you have illuminated the back corner of this area. Um, what you see back there is some sort of um, small spacecraft of some sort. Um, from where you're from where you're positioned it looks it, it looks like something that could have come out of maybe um, like a like a sci-fi 50s comic book um, it's traditional saucer shaped so it looks sweet to you uh, could I um, ooh, this is a small craft I could probably pilot it but that's not what we need is it Um could I roll a spaceship engineering to see what kind of weapon system it has to see if we could um, maybe just salvage something from it instead of creating something new? Mm-hmm. 
And that's a mental finesse. Uh, that would be force. Force. Uh, well, wait, okay, wait, what are you looking, what are you rolling here? Spaceship engineering, it's my out outstanding skill. Okay, yeah, that's force. And I just rolled an 18 plus 8 plus 1. Okay. Um, so you're giving this thing the once over. Um, as you approach it, you're a little less enthused about it um, because it doesn't look like it's uh, maintained very well over the years. Um, and it does look like it's seen several years um, since it's been here. Um, there are no outward... Uh, apparent and actually once you kind of look around inside there's not even the gauges for it um, for any sort of weapon systems on this thing um, but what you do see inside is that um, there is apparently some sort of um, large button that just says eject and it looks like this thing is um, is kind of built around and now that you've kind of stepped back for a second you can kind of recognize it it's kind of built around um the, the same thematic build of, of what the isolation pods that you're used to dealing with are. And so this may very well be um, an early generation of the isolation pods or something that's kind of built around it um, as, as some sort of add-on to, to a traditional isolation pod. Hey, Andrew, this is probably a, like, a first or second generation isolation pod. I bet we could find uh, some of the parts we need. Okay, uh... Do you want to take it apart here, or do you want to bring it back to our main area? Is it big enough that it, we would have trouble getting it back to that area? Yeah, I mean, it's it's massive. Um, you would have a hard time getting it onto a vehicle, even if you had one to move it around with. Um, so disassembling anything you might want from it here is definitely probably the better idea. I think we should disassemble anything we want here. That might be a better idea. Resident, the tools of this construct might be helpful in that mission. Um, it, it, if you think that's best for your, your guys' uh, assignment here, I, I can help with that as well. Ken, give me a mental force roll. Interesting. Okay. You want, like, can I do logistics if I'm doing that? No, just mental force. Nope. Just a straight mental force. Okay. Two plus five is seven. Okay. Um, you are quickly disoriented as your field of view just com completely shifts. Um, where you were a moment ago, you no longer are. You are now hanging um, by your sensors um, several hundred feet up um, from the side of, of the central fence um, and in the process of climbing down from a, from a, um, from a very large... Um, stack of what appear to be valves from your estimation. I've jumped into another one. Presumably. Presumably. Okay. Yeah. Disoriented. I'm just cl climbing down, so I'll try to make sure I don't fall, and then get a look for my surroundings. Um, this looks like the mirror image of the area that you kind of first originally came from. Um, so ah. there's a hangar similar to the one that you were just in, albeit it's um, kind of oriented in a different position from where the workshop should be. And from the where the fence that you're currently ambulating down from is. Um, so uh, not too much of a logical leap. You can kind of assume that you're on the other side of the complex right now. Great. 
actually using my radio, I'll communicate to uh, Group A that I have been um, shifted into another construct and that perhaps I'll come back to help them when I have more control of the jumping of that and to keep in mind tasks for me to do when I'm able to assist them directly. <clears throat> I will then communicate to the group that I'm now closer to, or at least I'm in their section, that I'm in control of one of the blue light constructs they may have seen around. Uh, I look like a baboon, I'll give them the physicality of what I should look like, and uh, I'll ask for the location, I'll head to their location. All right, Team B, you hear all of that from Ken. He's apparently a walking baboon, like these uh, constructs that you've seen moving around, and he's on his way to you. I, uh, I say we're in explosives. Cool. Um, I ask if they think of anything that could be useful as, as a construct there, or if it would be more helpful to their mission if I scattered out the other half of the biological area as the construct first. I'll, um, I'll say if you can find us, I'll, I'll give you something to look for. Mm, ahead there. Um, Mr. Adam Bash, can I, as a experiment, try to replicate the sensation of jumping? and mm -hmm. see if I am able to jump to another robot using perhaps a mental force roll. Absolutely. Okay, I visualize a blue light that I can see somewhere, um, and that doesn't look like it's doing anything precarious as I jump into it and attempt to do so. Okay. <clears throat> 14 plus 5, if it's just a straight roll, is 19. Okay. You manage to um, propel yourself, and it is... Uh, very uncomfortable sensation but you manage to propel yourself several hundred yards across this place into uh, another construct that is much closer to the demolitions experimentation shed right on uh, if I look back at the one I jumped from what is it doing? is it idling? Um, it does for a, for a split second and then it begins to continue its climb down ah uh, okay Hmm. so I was I'm going to try to gather information if I believe that these were residents controlling these during their missions, but now I'm under the impression that it's an AI controlling them. Would that be a fair assumption? Should I roll for that or anything? I mean, I think your Wait, assumption is fair. I can't tell you whether it's true or not. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Your assumption yeah. is what it is, so. Okay. If on my way to demolitions I, I come in close contact with the blue robot, I'll attempt to speak to it okay. uh, and see if it responds to me. Um, if not, I'll just head to their location. Yeah, I mean, you're right there. You, you, I mean, as you were there, you kind of gauged and, and looked for the closest blue light to get you, you know, if it works, it's going to get me closer to the demolition shed. Um, so you're not passing by any, but there are some other, um, you can tell, you can tell that there are some other um, robots in there, in the, in the shed with them. Okay. Okay. I want to, before I commit myself to a task to assist them, I want to take off this helmet. I want to take another look at the locked door that's to my side. Okay. Um, so you go ahead and do that, and you, um, you know, you have a locked door there. You want to try to roll something on it, or? Yeah, I want to see um, if I am familiar with these doors and how they are controlled. Like if it's something that can be physically altered if I should choose to do so. Um, um, perhaps like uh, logistics. All right, no. give me give me that give me that question again. So I want to see how this if this is a door that's commonly used in all parts of Typhon, and if it's a door that I understand the locking mechanism thereof. Yeah, I mean, because it's I control not a by computer or no. It is it is as uh, antiquated a notion as imaginable. It is a um, physical door 
with a turning metal lock in it that requires so it was like, presumptively a some sort of key. Yes. Okay. Um, in the supply closet, there were general tools for the maintenance of the room. Were there any, like, tools for the maintenance of the chair, like an Allen key or something along those lines? Yeah. Well, it, the stuff that's in the in the supply closet for the for the maintenance of the chair, um, there's a, there's a lot of different um, wiring things. Um, so it looks like there's a separate wiring harness to connect the helmet to uh, the chair itself, um, and you know various other small items and, uh, that you could presumably use, but um, none of them would be you know jumping ahead of what your assumption is. None of them would be small enough to fit inside a keyhole. Okay. And he wasn't necessarily going to do that. He was just thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I probably put the helmet back on and continue to help them with their tasks. Uh, when you put the helmet back on, you are uh, seeing a different view than you saw previously. Um, you are oh, that's in, information learned. <laughs> uh, you are currently in a, um environment that is a little bit darker than the one that you were in previously. Um, seems like as if you are... Um, in an area that is um, sealed off from the area um, outside where you were before. Um, Around you, Mm. there are all types of freezers and um, fats of glowing liquids and things of that nature. Interesting. Um, Alec, Raymond, please stand by. I uh, I have been shifted to another construct. I'll, I'll, I'll be at your location when I can. But please continue on your task. I just won't be available to offer material assistance right this second. Sound, sounds good, sir. Yep, we're sticking with Team B, who are still in the demolitions, uh, demolition shed, looking for presumably something to shoot out of a grappling gun, right? I'll, uh, I'm also going to see if I can find any more of the uh, charges, something that looks like it would fit inside the... Uh, the port for uh, the other charges, you know, I'd pull the charges out and hand one to Alec and say, Hey, if you see anything like this, uh, let me know. Okay. And, uh, um, the dimensions of the charge, um, I mean, I described it as a large shotgun shell type thing, but I mean, mm-hmm. really large, like soda can large. Um, oh. and apparent just, just based upon what you, um, what you've seen, um, it just looks like it's stuffed with, uh, a form of black powder and then just, you know, Igniter on the back, just kind of what you would expect. It's nothing that you feel like you would be unable to replicate um, fairly easily if you just had uh, explosive powder, the the raw metal, and there's a lathe in the uh, workshop that would be perfect for being able to to shape charge these. Okay, so that's not that's not a big problem. Then. In that case, we're gonna look yep. for something to shoot. Okay. So, are we thinking explosive or biochemical still? Um. Uh, maybe we should exhaust what we have here and then maybe move on to bio. Maybe we can find two different things we could shoot, and that would be uh, certainly more useful to security forces. Okay. And potentially make this thing more deadly. I mean, come on. Look at this thing. Um, <laughs> so do we do we find any, like, grenades or anything along those lines? More explosives. Um, so if you go back to the shelves where you originally found this thing at and give me some sort of a search or scavenge or some mm-hmm. role like that. It, how uh, how tall are the shelves uh, in the area? 
they they go all the way up to the ceiling. The ceiling in here is a good twelve feet tall, so okay. they're pretty high. Um, uh, there's a ladder that you can you can roll around if you want to awesome. get up to the high shelves and all that good stuff. So. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll I'll drag the uh, the ladder uh, closer to where we uh, had initially found the uh, the grappling gun, and I'll um, I'll say I'll tell Alec, hey, you look uh, you look down below on these shelves. I'll look higher up. Sounds good. All right. And I'll roll. It's a. Uh, you said it's mental finesse. Yeah. Okay. I rolled a nat twenty. Oof. Or do you need my whole right. score? Um, I know that's pretty darn good because twenty six. Yeah, that's nice. All right. Um. There. So when you get closer to kind of like mid range, so not all the way up to the top, but certainly higher than where you could originally see. Um, when you first were kind of looking through here, um, you can see all sorts of, of weird shaped, um, devices, uh, given the, the, the place that you're in, you can imagine that a, a fair amount of them will go boom when, um, properly motivated, um, looking for things that are of the, of the right size and shape to, to be able to fit in this, or at least, the right size to be able to be converted into something that would fit into this. Um, you have a, a little bit of, of um, leeway with uh, what you could use. Um, there are a handful of small devices that um, are, are just kind of look like, um, like almost like small cannonballs. Uh, and uh, they do have um, kind of a more, it's not, not like a heavy lead shot type of thing, but more of a aluminum, um, drilled aluminum and they have some um, screens on them so you can tell that there's some way to interface with whatever it is and whatever it's intended so potentially to potentially be able to um, arm them separately or make them timed right exactly okay. um and so you you get a good feeling that that those would be some sort of sort of some sort of timed uh delay or um could be programmed to explode on impact or, or something of that nature um uh, additionally there's um some larger devices that um, you may be able to uh, pull apart and be able to get um, what you would expect is a, a significant amount of powder out of. Um, so okay. if you're looking to uh, maybe build more charges Absolutely. or stuff like that, that would be a way to do it. Absolutely. I rolled a six. What do I find? Um, as you're looking around, um, there's you know nothing nothing of utmost interest to you i mean you're finding i guess more than anything like larger just pieces of of metal work that looked like they were attached to something that was used either for mortar launching or or, or things of that nature um as you kind of you know mess around down there um you know you kind of find um some more of um these these little shaped uh charges things that you were using for um for your grappling gun. Um, they look a little bit different. They're colored differently. Um, and so it's, it's not certain if they are meant for the same type of device, um, but they look kind of like they would serve the same purpose. Uh, I'll definitely pick those up to show to Ray when I get the opportunity. I'll, uh, I'll gather up uh, whatever I can carry, fit my various pockets and whatnot. Um, and uh, I'll, climb back down to uh, Alec. As you're on your way back down, um, one of these constructs is kind of ambulating around in these uh, 
in the in the upper levels of this area, and it's obviously um, not using ladders. It doesn't need to. It, kind of that whole brachination thing where it's moving from from uh, just using its arms, moving from shelf to shelf and stuff like that. Um, just like all the others, it, it tends to not really notice that you're here or notice that um, that you're kind of in its environment. And so it, it, it moves right past this ladder and just kind of bumps it on its way through as it's swinging past, kind of not really paying much attention to the fact that there is a resident currently using it. Um, so you're going to need to give me... Well, at least this is good for you. An acrobatics, probably, to yes. to try to catch yourself and swing back down and not injure yourself. All right. I rolled another nat twenty, so thirty-two. Oh, jeez. Wow. Yeah. What? Um. So this thing uh, hits the hits the ladder and and nearly knocks the the thing uh, the ladder clean over because it's not where it was a moment ago, uh, or where it has been for however long this ladder has been immobile. Um. And so that it, it rams into this ladder and you see um, you see Ray start to kind of fall over the front and he grabs a hold of the bar that, that the handrail and just swings around it and catches himself back on the other side of it and just kind of does a real quick pull up, flips back up onto the ladder. It's almost as if he uh, expected it to happen and he just kind of trots down the ladder like it was no big deal. Uh, Alec, it's very impressive. After that happens, I'm going to try and communicate with the the things. I'm going to just kind of okay. If I if I see one kind of nearby, I want to kind of wave at it and just say, "Hey." Okay. Um, it stops when it when you yell at it. Say, "Come here." It does not. It just stands there. I I, I give it the bird. <laughs> It continues to stand there. <laughs> I, uh, I'll go back. I'll look back at Alec and say, and I'll start like taking stuff out of pockets and handing, handing them to him. I say, "Hey, uh, maybe we should head back to the shop and see what we can do with all this. Maybe go on another run." Okay. Uh, after we yep. uh, work on this a little bit. Yeah, I found these charges that are almost similar but a little different. I wanted you to take a look at them, but uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's head back to the shop. We do that. (laughs) Alright. Noticing that you've, it's lost your attention, the construct goes back to moving around in the warehouse. Alright. Flipping back over to A-Team. You guys are um, looking at a what you estimate is a early generation isolation pod, and um, you are now kind of there on your own because your uh, construct, though it's still standing there, um, it's now kind of milling about and uh, moving devices, and uh, it's heading over towards uh, the SWAT truck that you guys came out of. So it's not housing Kenneth anymore is what you're getting from it. All right, that's um, that's weird. Well, I mean, Kenneth said to us that he wasn't there yeah. anymore, but that's that that's he wasn't still, there anymore. That's still weird. So, uh, I I was thinking about the design, and perhaps we should look for some sort of magnetic propulsion, and possibly steel ball bearings. 
I'm, I'm assuming that we can probably pull the ball bearings out of the myriad of, of vehicles and wheels that we have here. So we're creating a hover gun. That, that, that should be effective, right? If we can program some sort of targeting system and it could be independent of an officer, yes. However, I don't see how it would be any different than a normal gun if it needs to be targeted by an officer. Um, Andrew, why don't you give me a engineering role? Ten plus eight plus five, so twenty-three. It occurs to you um, that it is very likely that you will find some exceptionally high-powered magnets um, in the quantum experiments. From what you know about quantum physics, which is academic more than anything, um, it is highly likely that for them to have isolated anything, they would have needed to generate sizable magnetic fields. Let's do that then. Yeah, I really I'm, I'm assuming he tells me that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you never have to tell me anything. But I I'm going think, to assume okay, so you, guys you are, do. You just stand there. So you guys are scavenging for ball bearings while you're here? Right. Yeah, we're going to start deconstructing what we can from the isolation pod um, to move okay. back to our main area. So and, you guys can give me just uh, for... just like repair or um, I'll take I'll take mechanical engineering for that as well. Ooh, fun. Just to see what we can get out of this. And I mean, since you're doing this to the spaceship, you could do spaceship engineering, Emily. If you're, if you're trying to disassemble <laughs> parts of the of the spaceship, of the yay. isolation pod. Yeah. Just because that's my best thing, so yay. Mm-hmm. I rolled another 18 plus 8 plus 1. My okay. roll not so good. 3 plus 8 plus 5. So 16. All right. So, um, Andrew, you're going for kind of more the, the standard terrestrial-based things, but... Um, because of the the altered gravity that that there exists here on Typhon, the the quantity of ball bearings that you're finding is just isn't the same. Um, just the way that these things that the machinery has been built to um, to to transport people terrestrially here um, it doesn't uh, it doesn't have the same amount of friction. Doesn't require the same amount of parts for it. Um, but while disassembling this isolation pod, um, uh, Anthea has managed to find. A handful, um, actually a couple handfuls of uh, ball barons, um, specifically found around um, the release mechanism for the hatch. And so she was able to, to pull those things out for an area that's supposed to slide out um, so that the hatch can pop um, to do the ejection sequence. So you guys have found some ball bearings. Yay. And we also uh, find stuff that we could use for the uh, plan we have. Um, the only kind of stuff that you found that's that's um, that that would be useful is um, the isolation pods themselves, or the isolation pod, I suppose, that you have itself um, does have um, small uh, thrusters that you could pull off of it if you're trying to get to some sort of um, self-propelled drone or, or something of that nature. Um, additionally, 
um, the rail that you pull these ball bearings out of that slides the um, the top of this pod open um, is actually kind of exposed now that you've pulled out all the ball bearings. And so what you actually have out of that is a very rigid, uh, structurally solid um, uh, rail that you could use, I guess, for um, any sort of uh, device that you're trying to build. Um, so it could be used for framing or for propulsion or anything like that. All right, we'll take some of that. We'll take the thrusters. We'll take the ball bearings. We'll take the railing. All right. Um, take everything you can get. All right, so um, the thrusters are fairly heavy. So if you guys are going to be moving them around um, all that much, you guys are probably going to want to take those back to your workshop before you go anywhere else. As you pick those up, it's pretty evident that they're hefty. Um, so, I mean, you guys could leave them here, come back for them later, um, go check out other stuff. You could take what you've got back to the workshop. Um, you can contact Ken and try to get him to come over and help you carry some of this stuff. I mean, seeing these baboons in operation, I think it would be best to have him do it. So <laughs> I'll, I'll key up my microphone. Uh, head researcher. Yes. Uh, is it possible for you to use the constructs to move some parts that we've taken apart? Absolutely. I, I definitely want to help. Um, from your location I last was with you at, from there, um, to possibly the workshop, or where'd you have in mind? Uh, yes. Uh, where okay. you were with us last. I, I think he's still wandering around in here. That baboon is? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Give me a moment. I'm having a little bit of trouble switching between these things, but I'll get that ironed out. Just leave the parts in a in a pile where I know that you know that w what you're intending, and I'll get those to the workshop as soon as I can. Uh, okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. We'll leave a sticky note on them. Sounds good. So we will make a neat pile of of what we think is going to be useful, um, and then and they I I. I think we can get the magnets that we need from the quantum lab. Plus, I I think we should probably see what's available there, anyways. At this point, I I agree. So we will head that way. Okay, but sadly we've hit our time limit for this episode, so we are going to have to call it for uh, for this one for episode two. So I hope everybody sticks with us and joins us for episode three, the stirring conclusion of this first session of our gaming. Um, and from there, uh, it gets really crazy. Trust me. So uh, thanks so much, everybody, for joining us. Thank you so much for supporting us on Patreon. Uh, check out the Patreon at patreon.com slash Sayer. Thank you so much to our, uh, our top contributors here with us today, um, Matt and Emily and Mike and Fred and Sam. You guys are the best. So check us in a couple of weeks and we will hit up a, another episode. So thanks for joining us.